Hello, and welcome to Spectology, the science fiction book club podcast. I'm your host, Adrian. And I'm Matt. For some reason, I was terrified you were going to say my name, and I would have to say your name. I just had like a flash of that having to happen, but it didn't happen, so we're fine. Uh, that was definitely not even a... Con- I can do that if you'd like. No, that'd be weird now. <laughs> Um, Spectology is a science fiction book club podcast where each month we pick a book, read it, and talk about it over the course of two episodes. We also do some bonus content from time to time, and uh, that's what we're doing today. We're doing our sort of yearly recap of 2019, even though by the time this posts, that will probably already be like a month out of date. Um, But yeah, we kind of at the end of each year like to just sort of like look back at the books we've read, maybe pick a couple of our favorites, you know, just sort of like, you know, I don't know, reminisce together and hang out a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) So anyway, I don't know. I don't have like a huge sort of um, agenda for this episode, but I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about like what books we read last year. Last year, we read a total of, I believe that is 14 books because in December we read three books. Bonus. Uh, Yeah. Bonus books, bonus episodes. Uh, And that was pretty cool. Um, Matt, like what were some of the highlights of like the books that we read last year for you? Oh man, this, so, I mean, I obviously knew you were going to ask me this question and I thought about it, but it's really hard because I generally liked, I I mean, I don't think there were any books that I didn't like that we read. Like I I liked all of them. Um, I really did. I mean, I think the highlights for me were probably like, okay, obviously waist tide is like a particular kind of highlight for me because Mm. I got a chance to talk to Chan Fan and I got to read it in Chinese and that was really special and cool for me and something that I was like really looking forward to doing. And I really liked the book too. So that was awesome. Um, I mean, it was awesome to do, uh, Empress of Forever, Max Gladstone's book because, you know, I... I kind of he's a friend yeah he's my he's my friend and I I it was just really cool to to get to do that I but I but I I also I loved doing um 10 billion days and 100 billion nights because that's like such a book that like it's like so different from a lot of other stuff I love stuff that's different and cool and weird and like old and I don't know like that was a really cool one to do also but I it's not to say that I didn't like I loved Killing Moon too and there were a lot of these books that I loved and and so you know it's it's really hard (laughs) what about you (laughs) right right well that's why I asked for like highlights too because it's like I feel like favorites would be like a you know like that's not fair right because I I agree I like there weren't any books this year that I disliked. I I would say like the closest would be like, I disliked the experience of reading ice, which I talked about in that episode, but that was different than like disliking that book necessarily. That was like, it was uncomfortable to read, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's like not a bad thing in and of itself. Totally. And there were definitely, I had moments like that, um, reading an unkindness of ghosts for sure. But I really, yeah. I thought the book was great, and right, I, I felt so good about like it was such a fun book in other ways, even though that's like a weird word to use. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I I really loved it. Like, so it, it's it's 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we were very like lucky this year to like not read a book that like either of us, like, I don't think either of us could say like, Oh yeah, that book, I disliked it, which is just like, good. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased that we, we did that. Um, I also like, you know, I would agree that like waste tide was a particular highlight for me because for me it was like a totally new book in so many ways and like i really enjoyed getting to talk to you about chinese science fiction uh you know we just released even though it was in 2020 the like episode of you interviewing um stanley chan chen Fan, and like i loved that episode because like i'm not on it like i i felt like very cool about like like getting to like listen Aww. to an episode and like learn stuff from it. And like, you guys had a really cool call. Like I, I really enjoyed everything about, I also like waste tide was great. Like I think like totally. that was like, I was really surprised by how much I liked that book. Not because I expected not to like it, but because of how much I liked it. Um, yeah, you know, I should I, also say your interview with Chris, Chris Beckett was awesome. And I had a yeah, probably really similar fun. experience. Um, did, did we put that out this year, 2019? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. We put, yeah, the, we okay, put yeah. that out right so after we read that, Dark that, Eden. That yeah. fits in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. No, and that was that was a highlight for me to like get to do because he he's someone like I've loved his books for a really long time. And, you know, he and I have like chatted on Twitter and stuff a few times. Uh, but to be able to actually like, you know, have a phone call with him and like talk to him pretty in depth about these books. And, you know, he is someone who is and i think like stanley as well like both of them are people who are like really thoughtful about what they write and have like not a lot of ego about it yeah. like there's they're not defensive about it in any way and instead they like really want to engage with the ideas of it mm -hmm. as like science fiction and as literature and like i think it made both of those experiences like really cool and those are some like really interesting um yeah, interviews to yeah, me. Like I, just generally, I'm really proud of those yeah. two well, episodes. I, I feel like it was especially fun for me to listen to you talk to Chris because you're such a big fan of his and you're so familiar with his work and you've been a fan for so long and you'd clearly mm. engaged so deeply with his stuff that it was great <laughs> to see like sort of two people who've engaged very deeply with the same stuff, but from very different perspectives, like go at it. It was really mm -hmm. cool. I, I, I loved listening to that. Thank you. I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously, like the time thing isn't there with waste time, but I felt the same way with this, like your interview with this episode is just Stanley. us complimenting each other. I, I, well, you know, I mean, that's fine, but like, also, like, I, I was like, really, like, I was really cool, and like, it's nice to be able to say those things about the episodes that like I'm not on. <laughs> so I have a random question for you that I literally just thought of. Yeah. Now. Oh, what? what um, what's that? Just like you know, kind of in terms of like other highlights okay. in terms of like the books. I just wanted to shout out. Um, like I, I've thought about it a lot and I think putting aside the two books that I had already read before or the three books that I'd already read uh, before, you know, there were three books that I reread here, Dark Eden, Killing Moon and Childhood's End. But I think outside of those three, I think Stars in My Pocket, mm. like Grains of Sand might have been my favorite book. Mm. Like I was not expecting that at all. And that book like just like hit me like a storm. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I'm still thinking about it constantly and there's mm -hmm. some like recency bias in here. And I also like, I loved zone one. Mm -hmm. I, you know, really enjoyed reading Brown girl in the ring because that was also this kind of like 
new to me, but also relatively like older science fiction. Like that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, like, I've talked about how much I've liked all these books, but stars in my pocket, like grains of sand, I feel like is the one that almost like has stayed with me the most in a really like fascinating and unexpected way. You know, if we keep doing this podcast, eventually we're going to have to do look backs that look back further and we'll see how we feel. Yeah, you I know. know. I know exactly. But yeah, what were you going to, what were you going to ask so me? I was going to ask you not about book, but about genre. So we've yeah. covered a lot of different genres and genres, of oh, course, like whatever, problematic, whatever, whatever. But what is something that you learned about genre this year? What was an unexpected genre thing that mm. happened for you this year? And the reason I'm asking it in this way was because uh, for me, I had the experience of feeling like we read a lot of post-apocalyptic stories that like really expanded my idea of what the hell that is, you know? Yeah. And so I have this sort yeah. of particular idea in my head that I like learned something about that genre this year. Is there something like that for you? That's so funny. I w- like, I was like going to maybe say something similar to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if anything, if anything, like my idea of what genre is, I feel like it has gotten like even fuzzier and like Mm. dissolved itself even more. Like I have never been one. Well, that's not true. Never. But like, I I, like as an adult, like genre is not super important to me. Mm -hmm. And I understand the irony of saying that when we host specifically like a science fiction book club. Yeah. But but we also like (laughs) try to blow that up specifically. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And like, I feel like in a lot of ways, like this year was just like more blowing that up for me. And like, I feel like it, yeah, it's like, like is Brown girl in the ring science fiction? Is it fantasy? Is it post-apocalyptic? Is it something else entirely is it just literary fiction is it magical realism is it does that question even make sense like do i care yeah i I don't know the answer to any of that (laughs) well the idea of thinking about um semiosis for example as a post-apocalyptic story is really interesting because of course like one of the things that happens in that story is that you know people kind of like this culture loses the use of its technology and has to kind of reconfigure itself around a different technological reality, you know, and Mm. there's something post-apocalyptic about, and and it's a painful process for them. You know, it's, it's a process that involves a lot of, you know, uh, trauma, I guess I would say, but you know, there's some, there seems to be something post-apocalyptic about that for sure. But it's also like so profoundly different from like, you know, zone one, right. Which is like, yeah. You know, kind of a more, you know, in a lot of ways, it's not a traditional book, but it's like more traditional view of what post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic means in some sense. Right. Like in some ways, it's more of like the traditional trope of post-apocalypse. Yeah. But then on the other hand, it's like even further afield in terms of like the story that it's telling mm-hmm. and like what it's doing than se- where semiosis is maybe like more traditional of like, Oh yeah, well we lost our technology and we're rebuilding a society and the way we want to build it kind of story, or the way a know? plant wants to build it, but whatever <laughs> the future Matt wants. Oh my God. No spiders <laughs> versus plants is the future and who will win. I don't know. <laughs> um actually that's that's interesting so i did reread i did read the the um sequels to both semiosis and children oh my God, of time don't so, spoil me 
I won't. I'm not going to spoil you, but I'm just going to say, like, if you ever read those two books, we should totally do a little bonus episode about those two sequels because, like, they're interesting. I liked them. Yeah. I, I want to I read them, them for sure. Yeah. But. but yeah, no, I totally, I totally, I think that uh, I really like that. It's like, I feel like post-apocalypse has always been this, um, like, I feel like my definition of what a post-apocalypse story is is super broad. And like, one of the cool things that we talked about a bit in these stories is this idea of like, so frequently there's this idea of like apocalypse where it's like, Oh, you lose everything. And like, you know, individuals have to survive kind of thing where it's like, no, like apocalypse is never like everyone loses everything equally and nor is it ever like, and everyone has to like survive on their own. Like it is always about like, cultures coming together and rearranging in new ways and trying to like keep what cultural knowledge they have and like the difficulty of doing that. And like, you know, that's one thing that I think all of those books dealt with in like one way or another as well, which I really appreciate. Word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, I, one thing that's really interesting is that we did do that classic month in December. And so there's a certain kind yeah. of juxtaposition of, you know, very old books, classic books from many decades ago and like very new books, books that came out this year, last year, that is, mm-hmm. um, in 2019. And I guess, you know, the, I, I wonder, you know, when I was growing up, I tended to think that I would rather read things that were like, quote unquote, classic sci-fi than things that were like new I had that like yeah. kind of weird bias when I was a kid. Thankfully, right. I've grown out of that. Like I grew out of that <laughs> long ago. I think that's sort of silly. But, you know, did you kind of did the way that you think about the difference between classic sci-fi and, and more modern new sci-fi change at all this year? Or did you kind of like have any interesting like reflections on that this year? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that they... You know, because we had the classic month. We also read 10 Billion Days and 100 Billion Nights, which is itself like, you know, is older than some of the classic books we read. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, as a kid, mostly read classic sci-fi more just because that's what I had access to. Like, that's what the library had more of and what, like, my dad could recommend to me because what he had read and that kind of thing. Um But I don't like, whereas I feel like we now like in the podcast have very much a like recency kind of bias, like, or rather like not a recency bias because that's a specific thing, but like we like are more biased towards reading more modern books and even books that like, like how many of the books did we read like months after they came out, you know, Raven Mm -hmm. Tower, Exhalation, Empress of Forever, Waste, uh, Waste Tide was maybe like a year after it came out, but you know. Well, the the translation was 2019, I thought. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. The translation is the original was many years ago. Um, Yeah, the original was like 2014 or something. But but yeah, so we have that like, you know, I don't know. So I I think that's why I say like when stars in my pocket, like grains of sand was like maybe my favorite book. Like part of why that's so surprising is because I tend to really like modern science fiction. Like I I overall like what's happened in the last 20 years of science fiction than mm-hmm. I like what has happened in the like 40 or 50 or 60 years before that, you yeah. know, I, I, again, talking in general trends, obviously I like books from all eras. Um, but like, so yeah, so I think that, you know, 
I think some of maybe like what that would that and 10 billion days, both kind of and ice, like what all three of those books sort of point out. And even honestly, to an extent, Brown Girl in the Ring is that like there's this whole wealth of science fiction that is like older and still out there and maybe still being published and is still in, you know, in print in some way or another, especially with the advent of ebooks. So like stuff can stay in print a lot more easily once it's been digitized that like I never read and that I never had any experience with, but is like absolutely worth reading and having experience with. Totally. Right. Like that there's this whole wealth of stuff that is like, you know, like maybe old and obscure instead of, or like classic and obscure instead of classic and like the shit that everyone reads. Right. And it's like, I've enjoyed doing some of that kind of like post dated reading of like, you know, this stuff that not only that I kind of like knew about and missed, but like never even really knew about. That's so true. And you know, it makes me think something that I've kind of vaguely been thinking about without putting into words for a while, Mm -hmm. which is that I feel like different little groups of people have their own little takes on the classics, even the like big three or something like that, even the like most well-known famous things, different, like, you know, mini, mini, mini cultures, like different like groups of friends at one high school versus another high school have their own takes on these things. You know, because for me, for example, I didn't like military sci-fi wasn't really something I read a lot of as a young kid. Yeah. Because I didn't know anyone who did, but it's super popular. It's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, I, I, there's no particular reason for that to have been something I didn't encounter that much as a kid. It just happened to be the case that like it wasn't as much in the conversation that I was in. And so it wasn't mm-hmm. as much in my mind and it didn't seem as important to me or as foundational or something like that. You know, whatever, you know, whatever yeah. words you use. I mean, I think like the basic idea is just that there are like many spins that people put on the canon, you know, so to speak. Yeah. And that's yeah. like an interesting aspect of it, too, because like, you know, another thing was that I did, I, you know, you kind of your library had whatever it had. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And that was somebody's decision, you know, whoever was buying those books. Or like the, you know, kind of collective decision of like various different somebodies over the course of however many years that that happened, you know. It'll be slightly biased for that reason. And maybe it didn't have like one particular book or I don't know, you know, and my library was the same and my dad's collection was whatever it was, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Are there any books in 2020 that you're like really excited about, whether for the podcast or just like books that you know that are coming out that you're really like excited to read, maybe for the podcast, maybe just on your own? I mean, probably the books that I'm most excited to read, I have like sort of lying around me at this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not all of them are sci-fi. Not all of them are, are new. Right. Um, well, th- throw me throw me one or two. Bones sure. Here. Well, you'll know this one, uh, "The Deep" by Rivers Solomon. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I Merry have that Christmas. sitting right over here. I'm looking at it. It's. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Adrian cool. knows it because he gave it to me. Because <laughs> he's a swell fella. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's loads. I mean, oh man, the calculating stars. I'm looking forward to reading that. I have that lying mm-hmm. around here. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, the Hugo last year, right? Yep. Uh, Numenon by Marina Lostetter. Looking forward to reading that. Uh, I'm, I'm interested outside. in how you like that one because that one has been on my radar for yeah. a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I haven't read it yet. Um, the Outside by Ada Hoffman. Um, these what are, is that? 
Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I haven't read it yet. I, as you know, I try <laughs> to enough. avoid. You, you don't know any. That's not a question I can ask you, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I try to avoid. <laughs> I, this is like my my sort of anti-spoiler stuff when it's in its rawest form is like I literally don't even know want to know what like genre it is. But I know yeah. it's science fiction because I bought it in a science fiction bookstore. Fair enough. <laughs> spoiler alert can't go in that bookstore anymore <laughs> uh, yeah what about you dude um oh this is definitely like i i you know in so much as like you know we essentially like work in like publishing media like i don't pay any attention to like new and upcoming books in any way at all so i the only one i could say is um there's this book Finna that's like a novella getting published by tour.com next month in February. It might not be next month by the time this gets released. Um, but, uh, I've been looking forward to that. Uh, Charlotte, who's, you know, been a guest a few times, uh, was a guest on our ice episode, recommended it to me. And it is like, um, like queer gig economy, like parallel universe, I, I don't know. Like, it sounds like sounds a good. riot. It sounds really fun and like weird and interesting uh, and kind of like about all of these like, you know, stuff that like she and I chat about all the time of like these like tropes and like kind of like quirks that we like in fiction. It seems to have a lot of that. So that's what I'm actually going to like pull up next here and read. Um, I love I, it. I, I got a I got an e-arc of that um, from tour.com. So I, hopefully I'll, I'll tell folks if I liked it or not on Twitter. So you can follow us on Twitter at spectology.com or, or spectology pod at twitter to you know hear hear my takes uh um, pods it's all pods. pods oh so also uh speaking of twitter we i i asked on twitter if anyone had any questions for us as we did this and we got one because i'm bad at twitter <laughs> don't actually do a lot of community management there but um uh so micah hall who's been like listening to our uh who's been like chatting with us on twitter since the very beginning and been listening from fairly early on asked i've always been interested in your all's glimpses into fantasy sanderson comments etc what are some of your favorite fantasy series or novels oh, i love this question so much oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah so matt you go first then i'll take it i read a lot of fantasy i always have mm -hmm. i love fantasy too mm -hmm. um i could have done a fantasy podcast but <laughs> yeah i like science i couldn't fiction have just as so well. <laughs> um so that's super hard just because like I like a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. I've probably mentioned stuff that I read a lot when I was a kid growing up. I mean, I read like, you know, um, Mercedes Lackey, Anne McCaffrey. Ursula K. Le Guin is like, you know, she's written it all. So she right. counts. Um, uh, you know, I read all, the, you know, the Tolkien's and your David Eddings's and your, you know, as far as my favorites, uh, that is so Difficult. Yeah, what would you recommend to folks who've liked other stuff we've read on the podcast? Like, what are the ones that you recommend to people the most? I don't know how often I recommend. I, I honestly need like a like two minutes to think about that because I haven't. <laughs> I need to like it's like refresh. Like I, I need well, like I'll, I'll cold give, cash about, here. Cold cash. How about how about I give my answer and you have time to think that way? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Which is you know like I've talked a little bit about this on some of the on the pre read of I think. Um, one of the episodes of probably of the killing moon episode. I think we talked about fantasy. Like I, I have read a lot less fantasy than Matt has. Um, but I, and the stuff I've read, I think tends to be more of kind of this, like, you know, sort of like modern 2010s, like Joe Abercrombie, um, uh, the, the painted man, the warded man series. I read that. I like those. Those are good. I, 
Yeah, I I feel like none of these did I like love and it's a hard I have a hard time being like, oh yeah, like those those had some really problematic elements in them, even while I really kind of liked the world building of it. Um, I agree with that too. You know, the Joe Abercrombie stuff, like I really liked the heroes actually. It's his like standalone kind of like war fantasy novel. And he does some really interesting stuff with like narrative and points of view. And just like the story in that is so like small and self-contained for a fantasy novel. I actually really liked that book. Um, I don't know. So like my favorite stuff I think would be here's it is the book series that I would recommend to people because I think no one has read it and I think they should would be the Steerswoman series. Those are dope. By I Rosemary love those. Kirstein. Yeah. That's a good I love those. They also fit in this kind of like genre of like, you know, stuff from the 80s and 90s that like no one really knows about or talks about, but is really fucking cool. Um and I just, I just think they're great. I feel like they're the one of the few books where actually to tell, to tell why I think they're great is to legitimately spoil the experience. So I would say like, if you're interested in them buy the first two, they're like two ninety nine. She, she self publishes them. She like bought the rights back after publishing them traditionally and self publishes them now. So they're like two ninety nine for the Kindle edition and like totally worth it. The steers woman and the, um, and the uh, the Outskirter Secret are the first two novels. So buy those two. Worth it. Fun. Fairly short. Surprisingly modern for when they were written. And then like her later ones are really good too. But I think those are the ones to like start with. And um, the other one I'll say is this book that's out of print that I really like called Bear Daughter. Uh, that is like a fantasy novel that takes inspiration from the like... Um, cultural mythology religious traditions of the like indians in the pacific northwest uh and i really liked that novel unfortunately it is out of print and really hard to find but like just like a beautiful story and like a really different kind of fantasy world and like uh you know i mean the whole like alaska spectology bingo thing comes into play there too like, i really liked that i think i think uh uh the uh Steerswoman series is like such a good recommendation. I really like those. I think it's also definitely worth recommending. Um, one old classic that I that I like that's you know if folks haven't read it is it's a standalone book that you should definitely check out if you like fantasy. The Hero in the Crown by Robin McKinley. It's an old. It's a classic, you know, and and cool. it's it's a it's a one off. It. It's it's one of those books that, you know, a lot of people who grew up reading fantasy will say made a big impression on them, but maybe isn't as well known now. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it called again? The Hero and the Crown. Yeah. By Robin okay, McKinley. Cool. cool. So that's that's one to check out, maybe. Um, man. Uh, yeah. I should also say that Killing Moon is still fucking one of my favorites. <laughs> like yeah, we read that on the work, podcast. Definitely. So like her, all of her work is great. That in particular, I love like, you know, shout out. <laughs> I would say um, The Forgotten Beasts of Eld by Patricia McKillop. Oh, cool. I've never heard of the, I like this. This is like. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are, Patricia McKillop is good. Cool. Yeah. Um. I just love that title too, the Forgotten Beast of Eld. Like E L D, yeah, Eld. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's uh, it's great. That's a good one. Very. Have very you, good. I feel like that. What is the? Is isn't there like a novel, The Goblin King, or something? I feel like I've seen a lot of people recommend. That's much more that recent. Recently. I haven't yeah, read it. Though. Yeah. Okay. I haven't either. I was wondering if you had. 
no. Um, I love a lot of so there's like one subgenre of fantasy that I really enjoy is um like I don't know how you describe it exactly. It's like grim haunt like like grim far future fantasy, not necessarily grim dark, which I yeah. mean, I also like, but it's like the dying earth, right? Right, um, right, right, right. And you know, everything related to the dying earth. So all the Jack Vance's stuff. So like Mazirian the Magician, you know, you could start with that. Right. Um or like Or you can just tell the, the Dying Earth the, stories. Yeah, I like think the, the short stories the, are a great yeah. intro to that. The El- Elric of Melniborn, you know, those those ones are mm-hmm. another similar thing. You know, or um Have you read the the book of the New Sun? Book of the yeah. New Sun. Gene, yeah. Gene Wolf is another similar one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um if you go further back, there's a lot of like um cosmic horror fantasy stuff that i oh yeah so there's like you know the hp lovecrafts of the world but like there's also like the sort of his contemporaries like lord dunsany arthur Machen, um uh Ray, what is it raymond chandler i think chandler the guy that did the yeah, yellow yeah, the king yeah. in yellow um you know that that kind of generation of, of those kinds of guys those are really those are really fun i think um they're very problematic <laughs> yeah like very <laughs> yeah but um but they're also, but there are other things in addition to being problematic, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them are better than others, too. I mean, I think like Arthur Machen and Dunsany are better than than Chandler, but mm-hmm. one man's opinion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also love like Kung Fu fantasy, like wuxia stories. Oh, yeah. You've been telling me about yeah. those, those books you've been reading. So that's the Cradle series. The Cradle series is probably pretty well known to people who read fantasy. It's um, It's like... Of the like self-published fantasy novels that exist, it's may well be the like best-selling series in America. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly has won some awards. I think it won like the Reddit R slash Fantasy Award recently. Um, so that's the Cradle series by Will White. Those are really fun. I think they're just fun. It's like if you want some fantasy cotton candy scenarios, just go for that. Jade, mm-hmm. what's it called? Jade, Jade City. Yeah, Jade City by Fonda Lee is another one. Um, oh, I've heard of that. Uh, yeah, and I guess J.Y. Yang is also, especially after the conversation with um, Stanley Chan, like they're on my like list now to like yeah. look at their their novels because those sound really cool. And you know what? Honestly, read Monkey, the uh, abridgment of uh, Journey to the West by Arthur Whaley. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. We if talked about want, that in the pre-read yeah, to Max's book. If you want like gonzo fantasy that like people don't, read enough of in america like you can't really do better than journey to the west (laughs) it's very different from like so much of our fantasy descends from um this is another thing that i haven't since we do we talk about sci-fi like i haven't talked about like my sort of view of like the submerged you know prehistory of modern fantasy epics everybody talks about tolkien a lot but like the worm of uroboros oh my god Tolkien's biggest inspiration, other than the obvious mythological ones, is the novel The Worm of Ouroboros, which came out um, right after World War I. It's like one of the first truly secondary world fantasy epics. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a massive inspiration to Tolkien when he wrote Lord of the Rings. Um, I think I feel uh, like Gorman Host also has to be kind of like slipped in there, too. Gorman Host, sure. Yeah. I I don't. I've never read it, so I don't. I oh, don't know. it's fucking weird. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> it's like a, almost not like a traditional novel. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, it's, that's also a classic for sure, but I've never read it, so I, I can't comment. Um, the Nightland is another of those submerged prehistories of modern fantasy. I don't mm. even know if it's in print. You can probably like get it like specially printed if you get it on Amazon. Um, right. It's like, it was written during World War One, and it's this like insane fantasy epic sort of similar in some ways to the worm of Ouroboros kind of prefigures the worm of Ouroboros. I have no idea if there's any connection between the two of them, but it's mm-hmm. another like of these, like just on the cusp of there being a thing called epic fantasy with, with certain tropes. It's even like pre the sort of big fantasy pulps, you know, just like science fiction yeah. fantasy had pulps yeah, yeah. too. And all the like, all the like, you know, Samaria stories, the Conans, right. Edgar the swords Rice and sandals and swords and sorcery yeah, type yeah, yeah. stuff. That stuff comes after, the Nightland and Worm of Ouroboros. Interesting. I mean, there is pulp stuff before them, but like all the sort of most famous pulp stuff comes really comes after those guys. Well, we should we should save some of this for like a pre-read sometime and read something that will like let us talk about it. This <laughs> sounds really fascinating. Sure, yeah, anytime. <laughs> um, cool. The other though, so the one other thing I want to do, which is like you know, I think for our accountability's sake, and also just because it's kind of interesting, is take a look at like you know. Like we always try to read a really diverse set of authors and like take a look back and like ask like did we do that or not? Um, and so in 2019 we read, like I said, 14 different books by 14 different authors. We've never like reread an author yet. Um, three of the authors were white guys. I think it was only three. Yeah, um, six of them total were white. Uh, five were black and three were Asian. And then, um, you know, this year, eight were men, five were women, and like one was a non-binary person. And so, you know, I think that's kind of interesting. It's like on the one hand, we only read three books by white dudes. On the other hand, it was definitely a majority of books by white authors overall. Um, You know, whereas on the like racial diversity, I think we did a little bit better on that end, although still could could do more as well. So I think as, you know... 2020 we'll we'll think about that and like make you know decisions on that i think too the other place where we probably didn't do a very good job was like i mean like let, let me put that aside say like what i loved every single guest that we had on like I, I have loved having guests on and one of the things i want to do in 2020 is like have more guests we kind of had like a gap without very many guests in the middle of the year um but also like our guests have been like very white i think only mendez and you know the the year before um tobias Bacal have like not been white people and you know it's also been like much more skewed like men than women in terms of our like guest makeup so i think that's something that you know it's probably partially due to just like our social networks um but also something that we should like work harder to be like a little bit better about because i like having more diverse voices like on the podcast itself not just like Mm -hmm. reading these books yeah definitely something that i want to do better at Mm -hmm. but you know i think that's also worth just like talking about and pointing out instead of like hiding <laughs> or you know oh yeah like, i mean hey, it's pretty you know, obvious we, we didn't do great <laughs> i'm glad we've do we've done what work we have done and also like i think we can keep keep getting better at that stuff um you know mm-hmm. hopefully like people want to be honest like i i i said i want to have more like a higher percentage of our books to have guests this year i think they were like you know of of the like looking at it month wise we had 12 months and five of those months had guests on them with one month having like three different guests because it was the, uh, the, the December month we had a guest for each different book. But, um, you know, I'd love to bump that up to closer to like seven or eight of the months having like guests on at least one of those episodes that month. 
I think would be would be fun. Mm-hmm. So I'll put I'll put that little like stake in the sand. We already have one for February, so <laughs> cool. Good stuff. I agree. Any other sort of like you know thoughts, questions, comments? Uh, here's to a great new decade. Yeah, let's hope 2020 is better than the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. And on that super positive note, thank you to everyone who's been listening and like been honestly, thank you to everyone who's been like listening, you know, for two years now. Like we've, we've, I didn't, I, when we started this, I don't think I ever even had in my head the idea that like it could last this long. You know, it's like, not that I'm like, oh, like I definitely won't make it to the two year mark doing this podcast so much. It's just like the idea of spending years making this podcast was like, didn't really occur to me. (laughs) And I'm really happy that like we have, like, it's been a lot of fun, Matt, like working with you on it and just like a lot of fun, like having this thing that like people want to listen to. Like that makes me really happy. I like reading books and talking about it. I like reading books too. So yeah, uh, you know. Follow us on Twitter, SpectologyPod, SpectologyPod at gmail.com. If you want to email us anything, uh, thanks to WJ for our music and Noah Bradley at NoahBradley.com for our artwork. Uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who's listening. Thanks to you, Matt. Thanks, thanks to, to you. Yeah. Thanks to you. Um, yeah, and we'll come at you next time with more books. Peace. Peace out.